Welcome to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Each week, JMC will host one of the voiceover industry's most interesting personalities for a casual freestyle chat that encompasses more than just business, digging deep into the guest's backstory and pulling back the curtain on how they became the person they are today. And now for this week's guest, Brad Highland. Hey, everybody. It's J. Michael. I'm back with another episode of This Week in VO. And uh, today I am thrilled to welcome as my guest uh, somebody who's not just a, a great voice actor and uh, someone that people in the industry look up to and who has had a, a fairly meteoric, if if steady, rise over the past five or six years to, to prominence in the industry. Uh, but he's also a very good friend and uh, somebody I've had the chance to spend a fair amount of time with over the past few years and get to know as, as genuinely one of the good guys in the business. Uh, it is my honor and privilege to welcome to the podcast the award-winning, in fact, the multi-award-winning Brad Highland. <laughs> welcome. Wow. Holy crap. That sounded fabulous. I can't believe, <laughs> I can hardly believe you're talking about me, but I guess you are. That's what I was, Those were Anna's first words when I proposed to her, too. Holy crap. Oh, holy um, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then moments of thought before she finally came to a decision. Thank but, God she came around. Thank God. <laughs> there's, there's no accounting for taste, but uh, how are you, man? I'm doing really, really good, man. I'm, I'm honored to be chatting with you, but things are, it's just, it's some, it, it's so great. It's so fun. And it's so great. It's just well, hard, that, hard to wonder, hard to wonder if it get any better, but I'm sure it will. Well, I'm glad you're here. And, and you, you, you live uh, in my old stomping grounds up there in, in the DC area, right? Correct. I live about 15 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. and another 15 minutes east and I'm in Annapolis. So I, I cover and then another 15 minutes north and I'm in Baltimore. So sure. You born and bred there. No, I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia in a little town called Brynathen. And we moved. I was in, as you know, I was in another industry for 35 years before I before I saw the light. Um, <laughs> so, so we moved around a little bit. We used to live in Massachusetts. We lived in Western Pennsylvania before we came down here and started as a, as a landscape guy with a huge landscape company in 1984. We're in Massachusetts. Right outside of Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Oh, and, cool. uh, it was one of the coolest places we've ever lived. It was a little bungalow right smack on about a five acre lake with a little dead end road and everybody was retired cops and firemen and weirdos. And <laughs> it was just, it was, we, in the, in the winter time, we would, we would skate and we had a big, a big Malamute that would pull us on a sled. And in the summer we fished every day and swam and just, it was a, it was idyllic. I want, I'd like to move back there, but not to Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds ideal. I mean, I, I, I surprised Allison Packard when we were uh, doing the podcast a few weeks ago, and she's also uh, spent some time growing up in the Massachusetts area that I was actually in Cohasset uh, when I was a kid for about uh, four years uh, through like the second grade. So I, it's where I became a Red Sox fan and it's still, still kind of home-ish. Um, yeah. Cool. We, we liked living where we lived. I didn't like my job at the time. Um, that was with, yeah, I won't even go into that. Um, but well, so stripping's uh, not for everybody. No, no. I mean, I, I did that for about six weeks and then I, you know, the crowd started to dwindle and on the, oh, can, the can I, can I post that Chippendales picture of you for this as, as the, uh, as, as like the graphic? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, let me look at it again. I have to find it in my phone, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, fortunately I just made it like collarbone up. So you don't have to. <laughs> I, and what you, no and, nipple. And, 
for, yeah, for those of you who can't see it now, but um, when I sent that to Jay Michael before uh, One Voice, because I was I was pining over what I was going to do about my um, tuxedo, I didn't think it would fit. And I told you I was going to try it on and I did and it fit, but I, I still had the, the bow tie on. So I took a picture from, you know, my chest up with just a bow tie on and I sent it to Jay Michael and he responded immediately with, quote, looks like um, looks like Chippendales ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call him like I see him. That's that's what um, it's, it was awesome. It was perfect. I still have. But I took everybody's advice and I didn't show that picture because you never know what where it's going to end up. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, and I would use it because I'm that guy. Uh, I know. But... <laughs> I know. Uh, so, okay, you talked about being in the landscaping business before you got into voiceover. Um, what, what was that like? How did that evolve for you? And then what made you, as you said, see the light? I, um, I was one of those guys that, you know, I was kind of a funny guy and I did, I imitated teachers in high school and I liked being the funny guy. Um, I went into school. I wasn't particularly this fabulous student and I never felt successful at school, um, but I ended up following my dad was my dad was way up in the company, the Ospel and Tree Expert Company. And I followed him into there and I didn't like that. So I went with the landscaping because just because, you know what, this is good. I know the people that run it and I'm I like being outside and I did it. And it turned into this pretty, pretty damn good um, career for for almost 35 years. Um, but I. About 30 years ago, I, I always wanted to be, I always wanted to do something in entertainment, something that uses more than just my back and my hands. And um, I used to, my favorite show when I was a kid was um, the Claymation Frosty, no, not Frosty, but uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm. And I actually, I actually fashioned my Santa voice after that Santa from my childhood. Um, but I, I, 30 years ago, somebody said, oh, you should be in voiceover. And I said, what the hell is voiceover? <laughs> and it was a good friend of mine from school. And he explained it to me. And then another friend a month later said, why don't you do voiceover? And I said, golly, that's the second person. So I found somebody in Maryland here and I trained for a year and a half, one-on-one -on -one and master classes. And we ended up doing a demo. Um, it was 30 years ago. And I started. So it, was, it was actually a demo reel. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was on a DAT. You know, and then yeah. and then CDs were just getting popular. So I still have a case of CDs out downstairs somewhere. <laughs> if anybody wants a CD, <laughs> um, but that that um, I just knew that was what I wanted to do. And then the, the company I worked for, uh, the ownership, they sold, and it you know we went from fifty million to a hundred million, and then all of a sudden we were a billion dollar company, and we were nationwide, and we were the big deal. So they sold. And the, the soul and the life of the company just went out and they were, they were targeting lots of people. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the one of the people that targeted. So Kathy and I were on a bicycle, bicycle ride, um, in 2015 and she stopped in the middle cause running my mouth about voiceover. And she goes, Holy crap. Just like, what I said <laughs> Holy crap. We just got to do this. So she convinced me and I quit, quit in September of 2015 Wow, and went full time. 
Very cool, man. You mentioned your, your Santa voice. Now I have to tell people that, um, in, in my son's bed, which occasionally makes its way <laughs> into our bed, um, is a elf on the shelf, Santa, uh, doll that, uh, your plush toy that, um, bears Brad Highland's voice. And I got to tell you, there is, there are a few things in the world that are creepier than two or three o'clock in the morning, snuggling up next to Anna and, uh, giving her a little kiss on the forehead. And the next thing I hear, I, I hear Brad going, ho, 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 like son of a bitch. That just, well, here it is just for your listening. Here's the doll. I'm going to play it for you. No, Dasher. I say five things in this plush doll that I think <laughs> that I think will be available in November again at Target exclusively <laughs> for twenty one ninety five. <laughs> Which hopefully for those of you who purchase it will not be the nightmare fuel that it is for me. Uh, but <laughs> I have so Jay Michael. I have so many funny. I have unbelievable amount of funny stories about telling people that I'm because of course when you're a voice actor people go oh what have I heard you in or would I know your voice in something and you go like oh please everyone says that and I know everybody has the same thing <clears throat> but when they find out that I'm Kathy's usually one that goes oh he's the voice of Santa for Elf on the Shelf because she's really proud we're both proud of it but she wants to talk about it it's 50 50 I either get oh my gosh I'm gonna wait I'm gonna and they get out their phone and they take pictures and they start texting their family because they know the voice of Santa on Elf on the Shelf because their kids think I'm Santa. My voice is Santa. Right. The other half go, oh, my God, I hate that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, we just I've gotten used to it. So I just get ready to either enjoy it or laugh in their face. One or the other. <laughs> yeah, because they say, oh, my God, if you only knew for five years, every night, 930, I'm trying to fall asleep. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't move the damn Santa. Now I got to get up and move the sand, move, move the, the elf. So it's very funny. That's, that's great. <laughs> how, how did you get that role? Uh, uh, my agent in Atlanta, um, I had put on my profile that I, I sang and they called me and said, um, Hey, you're a singer, right? And I said, yeah, I was a, in a band for eight years. Uh, okay. I'm going to put you in for this read. I didn't know what it was. And then I got the read and I did it. I didn't have to sing for it. I just did the Santa thing. And then uh, I had two or three, had three callbacks doing more stuff. And I figured, you know, at this point, I'm not going to get it. And then I got a phone call with uh, Shanda, who was the CEO. And she wrote the book with her mother. Um, the company is called Luma Stella. And she and Amy, I was on this phone call and I was a little bit nervous. And they said, well, we're down to you and two other guys, but we just want to talk to you about your laugh. And I said, really? And they said, yeah, in, in your takes for me, you went, ho, ho, ho. And I think my Santa needs to go, ho, 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 ho. So I said, you mean like, ho, 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 ho. And they both just burst out <laughs> like, oh my God, that's it. And so they said they would call and they wow. did. <laughs> Very cool. And I'm, I'm sorry, when, when was that again? That was 2000. That was, I think, January of 2017. Can uh, I tell you the crab leg story? Yeah. Uh, we, Kathy and I go shopping for dates. That's what you do when you've been married for 40 years. So we're food shopping. So it's like, is it like dates you eat or are you looking to see other people? 
<laughs> dates where we go food shopping. <laughs> oh, those those are the okay. That's the date. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 a little thick. Uh, yeah, it's a date to go to the grocery store <laughs> to buy groceries so we can I eat. Guess, food. I get like okay. Follow along. I won't get any more. I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll I'll try to keep up. <laughs> and we we were in the we were in there and we were talking about the role and I told her that I'd had a call earlier in the day. And I was like, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to get it. And we were both, I was on one side of the seafood aisle and she was on the other, the frozen stuff. And they had Alaskan king crab, the real ones, Alaskan mm. king crabs in about pound and a half bags. And I don't know what it was back then. You know, it was probably 25, 30 bucks for a bag. And she was like, Ooh, king crab. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that would be good. And we looked at the price and went, eh. And we weren't, it's not like we were paupers, but right. the phone rang and I took the phone call and she goes, she goes, Noni, we're on our shopping debt. I said, I think this is my agent. And so she's on the other side. And I looked, I looked at my phone and went, hi, Fred. Oh, yeah. Hi, Shanda. Oh, oh really? And I covered the phone and I leaned in and I said, buy the crab legs. <laughs> Because I had been, I booked the Santa job. There you go, and 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 I, I we I appreciate a man who also appreciates shellfish. So yeah, uh, that's a uh, yeah good crab. I've leg had some a... fine shellfish with you, my friend. Yes, we have had some fine shellfish together. Brad, Brad and I, for those who don't know, uh, you know, we we find our way to football games and various other uh, venues Parades. when we're in the same city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good yeah. stuff. Um, and, and, and we do raid the shellfish from time to time. Um, <laughs> so tell us about some of your other work. I know it's, it's, it's not just Santa. I mean, I've watched you go from, uh, from just getting started to, uh, booking half the shit I'm auditioning for. Um, so <laughs> I'll never forget, you know, one of the greatest things when I had my first training with you back in, uh, end of 2016, maybe mm-hmm. or beginning of 2017. And I had booked. I think three demos and five trainings. And in the first session, you were very nice. And halfway through, you were asking me to do some reads different ways. And we were doing a Wendy's thing. And you said, okay, now do this like a disappointed dad. Okay, now do this like a a flat board dad. Okay, now do it over the top. And I did it over the top. And he went, now do it really over the top. Like like as over the top as you can get it from the the 70s commercials. (laughs) And I did that. And you were quiet for a second. And you went, fuck you're gonna book all my work and i was (laughs) was so i knew you were just being nice and you probably say that to all your male voice actors but it really was a big time for me well i'm glad man so so what you know i'm gonna ask you the worst question anybody can ask a voice actor what are you working on right now that you can talk about um i do so much different stuff you know it's that's what i love about this my 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 core of what i do is obviously uh, corporate narration and explainer videos mm-hmm. um, but I do I do a good bit, bit of um, local and regional TV and radio stuff um, I, I, bo- I have a couple of national TV spots running for Paralyzed Veterans Association oh, very you, nice. might, you might see those when you hear me going call today and you'll get a t-shirt for just 19 cents a day you know that kind of stuff right um, but I I'm I just finished a couple of those and I'm working on a long film for a rich corporate family, uh, rich enough where they're creating a a movie about their life for their family reunion coming up. And I'm doing um, a character sound alike for a 25 minute film. (laughs) 
Wow. Which is really, really fun. I just finished that today. That's why my voice sounds a little cooked. <laughs> well, we, we like rich corporate families, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, for me, it, it's um, if I never get if I never book something that I somebody go, oh, I heard you on your Ford commercial. I'll be OK, because just just those that core corporate narration explainer fun stuff that's on pre-rolls all day long you know it's just yeah. really fun stuff and the customers love it and they come back and it's it's a beautiful thing it's the lie i mean people hear me say this all the time but it's the it's the lifeblood of the industry it's what keeps the lights on for most talent uh, tell me uh, uh tell our audience because I, I know a little bit about this but tell our audience about your your journey and don't make this a sales pitch for uh for my demos and coaching tell us tell us about um how you've uh evolved how you what what work you went after and what you were doing when you started and how you've gone from somebody who was just figuring out where you were to building a business what are what are the business building techniques you can share with us well i'll tell you and this is in complete honesty i I had a couple of people who helped me early on that were killing it on casting sites. And I know, you know, you were one of them. You didn't, you, you never said, Hey, just hang your head on casting sites, right. but you were, you were very successful. And, and I sort of followed in those footsteps. Um, so when I first started, I was on everything. I just did everything, all those casting sites. And I, I booked on everything and I still have a lot of casting site involvement. Um, and I'm very, um, you know, I, I find a way to book them and then turn, turn them into returning customers. And mm -hmm. you told me, you taught me back in 2000, end of 2016, early 17, he goes, Hey, you know what? Get a, get a customer, do a great job and have them come back. Cause when you get a hundred of those, you've got a, you've got a career that's going to pay your bills and then some, mm -hmm. and that mark, you know, that hundred customer mark is a great goal. If you're, if you're building your business, get a hundred people who want to use you and come back to you again. And, and then when you have weeks, like when I first on, when I called you like, Oh my God, I haven't booked in, in a long time. And you said, well, well, how long? And I said, geez, I don't even want to tell you. It was, I think it's 10 days. I haven't booked anything. And you laughed in my face <laughs> and you said, dude, if you go six weeks and you haven't booked, let me know. And, and I'll listen to some of your stuff. But Hey, this, ebb, this is an ebb and a flow. And when you're getting started, you're going to book a lot and then you're not going to book a lot and it'll all work out. Just put your head down and run through any doors that you have. And that's what I did. Yeah. And, and it took off for you, man. Um, and, and now you're out there teaching people how to do it and, uh, and do it the right way. And, you know, one of the things that, that I do take pride in is the fact that I, I kind of feel like in some ways I, I, I'm a little bit of a Bill Walsh or Joe Gibbs. I've got my own coaching tree now. Where it's like it's like some people that I taught are now out there doing so well that they're teaching people. So you've kind of started to to hang your shingle and work with people and and guide them. And I know that started out with mentoring, and now you're doing more actual coaching, right? Yeah, I never I never headed into this to be a coach, um, but uh, people connected with me, and I love helping people. So I would start answering questions, and people would hit me up on Messenger, and then we talk, and I'd say, "Hey, you want to just chat?" And we would chat that went on for a year and a half. And, um, you know, it just, it just evolved. And I remember talking to you early on and your advice was just make it be organic, you know? And I still, I haven't hung a shingle. I don't have a page on my casting mm -hmm. site on my, um, uh, my website. And I, you know, I don't advertise everywhere that I'm coaching and, you know, Hey, come coach with me and here's what I can do for you. People find me and then word of mouth. And I, and it's, 
I, I don't know where it's going to go, but it is a really, really, really special part of every week for me is connecting with young and seasoned people and watching what happens when they get out of their own way. And you, you, when I'm watching and helping somebody and they follow the, 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 what I'm trying to tell them, the hair on the back of my neck goes on, goes up when they hit that slot and they, you can see it in their face when they're voicing because they know they're where they need to be. And it is a beautiful process. It really is. What makes a good coach? You've seen it from both sides. Um, what do you think makes a good coach? Um, well, there's a, there are so many really good coaches out there and a lot of them, you know, I, and one thing else I was going to say is I'll never be a demo producer and I'm never going to be a tech guy. I'm never going to be a marketing guy, you know, well, I mean, on, be, on, on behalf of myself, uncle Roy and Mark Scott. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I just like, I, I like to get people out of their own way, you know, and tap the funnel a little. I don't, they don't have to make these huge changes. I just make subtle changes to what they're doing. Um, and, and that, that seem it seems to work, but I'll never be, I'll never try to be anything more than that. What was your first question? I'm sorry. I think what, what makes, what makes a good coach? Oh, uh, well for me and what I've experienced from other people are the coaches that truly connect with you, understand who you are, where you're, where you're going, where you're from, what you struggle with. And when you have a second session with them, it's not like, okay, Brian. Well, my name is Brad. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) And you know, the coaches that have 15 students in a day, God bless them. I don't think I'd ever do that, but um, I'd be be worried about how much work they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. to, To me, it's, it's getting to know them each one. That's why when I coach, I do an hour and a half. Right. Um, because it, you just can't do it in 50 minutes to get to know somebody and get, hear their stories, hear what they're struggling with. And that's what I find with the coaches that I've worked with are the ones that really understand who I am. Right. And, you know, I, I think one of the reasons that you, you do do well at it. And, uh, one of the reasons I refer people to you now is because you're a working voice actor. And I, you know, I think that's, that's so important because you're in the trenches every day, you're booking on a regular basis. You're out there actually doing, doing the work. And, uh, and I think being in the trenches makes a big difference. I think so. And I've had a couple of people, I stay in touch. One of the things I do with my students is I tell them, Hey, when you have it, when you're struggling with a question, text me or email me or call me if I don't answer it's because I'm busy. If you have a, an audition that's really, really hot and you want to kill it and you want to chew on it with me for a minute, I'll do it. I don't charge them for it. I just do it. Um, but that, that connection and just seeing what they do and watch it evolve is, is, um, is really beautiful. It's, right. it's almost emotional sometimes. So where do you go from here? I mean, what have you, you're, you're, you're doing well, you're, you're in the mix. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're one of these guys who I refer to as, you know, one of the hot talents in the business right now. Where do you go from here? What are, what are some of the bucket list things you want to do with your career going forward? Um, that is a, that's a really hard question because I'm so in the moment. And the odd thing for me is I tell people all the time, I'm an old guy, you know, I'm trying to, (laughs) I I'm, I have all these friends that are half my age and I have this great time, um, interfacing with them, working with them, um, sharing leads, sharing jobs. I, I think I'm just living in the moment. Um, I don't have any world conquest plans. I think for me, the biggest thing is that since I've already worked a whole career and now I'm doing what I truly love to do and should have been doing, 
I'm just going to do this until people don't, you know, like, I don't know, at some point when I'm 80, you know, maybe I'm sounding like this or something. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm going to keep voicing for as long as people want to hire me. And I'm going to keep coaching people that I'm close with and that can use me. Um, but as far as, I mean, yeah, if, if, if I, if I can land being the voice of, of, uh, Ram or Chevy trucks or Ford or something like that, that's always been a bucket lister for me. And that's why I, you know, I had some great stuff done by you that's geared toward automotive. And I had mm -hmm. a great, a great demo done by Cliff Zellman mm -hmm. for automotive. Um, and my, my marketing and my persona is kind of like big football player, red, white, and blue, big voice. Yeah, Ameri American voice power, right? Where, 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 how did you land on that as a, as a web URL and a, and a marketing uh, choice? I'll tell you, it's, it's kind of odd because when we had kids, this is, um, you know, 20, this is whew, 30. And, and by we, you mean you and Kathy, not you and me. Yeah. I just want to clarify yeah. that for the yeah. people. When, you and, when Jay Michael, when you and I had children, <laughs> that, that was, that would around. be some ugly little bastards. That, that didn't work out very well. Um, anyway, I, I, um, I was working, you know, 10, 12 or more hours a day landscaping. And I loved detailing cars. And in college, I started a car de detailing company and I called it American Shine Auto Detailing. And I, I kept that. And this was before computers and websites and all that shit. And um, I had an auto detailing thing that I ran in my garage for probably six years, 30 years ago. And I was, I had all these dreams about being, you know, having a string of auto detailing places, but American shine was a great thing. And when I became a voice actor, I liked my logo that my sister had created for me. And I just sort of changed some things around and added my avatar and American voice power just fit with where I wanted to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, it's not something I work super hard to push. It's just, it's just there. And people like it. People, you know, people have given me great feedback about and it. And then it exemplifies what you sound like. So I think it matches yeah. matches the product. I, right? asked, I asked a friend of mine about my, this was a couple of years ago. I said, you know, American voice power, you know me now. And, you know, I interface with him in the business. I said, what does my voice mean to you? What do you think of? And he goes, hmm, I think of American voice power as, as a big red, white, and blue semi driving through a little town delivering stuff to uh walmart that mm -hmm. everybody needs you know and that's you that's the bread and butter you know making it happen blue collar voice and i, I that's kind of where i sit um but I, I love doing that but i also love the character work and i can do um all sorts of fun stuff and I, I mentioned uh, at the open that you are the award-winning uh, Brad Highland. You've been nominated for Voice Arts Awards and uh, and One Voice Awards, I think, in the past. And then this year, of course, you won uh, two uh, One Voice Awards for performance. Um, what was that experience like? And and talk to us a little bit. Also, you were named the uh, Inspiration Award winner at One Voice this year for some of the things you've done to give back to the community. Talk to us about that experience a little bit. It was it was really you know. When you enter something, and honestly, anybody that enters something, you want to win. People don't enter things and then sit back and go, I don't care if I win. If they do say that, they're, I don't think they're telling the truth. <laughs> um, but So I entered four things, and I had been nominated a bunch of times. Um, 
and I entered four for one voice. I entered, I entered one for one voice UK and I was nominated for, um, one, the international best international, mm -hmm. which was a big thing to me. I mean, that was like huge just being nominated. And then knowing that I had, um, ones at the, at the, for Dallas and then winning two of the four I'd entered was just, I, I can't tell you what that felt like. I mean, you were there, so you saw me, you know, I was trying to hold it together and not turn into <laughs> a, a miserable blubbering fool. Um, and at the end on Sunday, I, I just had so much fun having people come up and congratulate me and, you know, ask me and just, it was almost like a storybook thing to me. And on Sunday I was in the back of the room. I was completely 100% drained from everything. And that was, I'd done my first real coaching session, which just was beyond belief. Great from, I mean, the experience that I had interfacing mm -hmm. with those people. And then you were talking about this award, the final award Sunday. And honestly, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. I was answering people on social media. I was texting Kathy. I was thinking about the fact that you and I and a bunch of other awesome people were going out to dinner later that day. And then all of a sudden you're talking about this and the person, I'm not going to say their name, but they were sitting beside me and they looked over at me halfway through your speech and they went, dude, this is you. And I went, what's me? Because I wasn't really listening. <laughs> and the, and I, I was like, shut up. And then you said my name and my, it's just like life drained out of my backside. I just couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. I, it's just when you enter something to win and you win one, it's really, really great. But when you don't enter something and it's not something on your radar and you, you're, I mean, I don't even know what the process is. I guess people vote for that. Mm-hmm. And to be chosen to receive that award was, um, I did a little video about it. It really was a high watermark. And if I don't ever pass that, I'm happy because it was, it was one of the most stirring things professionally ever in my life. I'm glad you got to experience that, man. And there's nobody more deserving because uh, I've seen what you've done for people that, uh, that you don't advertise and that's behind the scenes. And uh, you know, that's, that's what that kind of stuff is all about. So congrats again. And uh, so you, you also uh, presented at a conference for the first time in one voice. What was your session about? I did um, building your business from scratch and I had a whole 50 minutes to cover that topic, which is impossible. <laughs> right. Thank you, thank you, Jay Michael. Hurry up and talk. Uh, so I, um, I hired a brilliant um, virtual, you know, virtual assistant this year who's done some amazing things for me. I'm going to go ahead and say her name if that's okay. Sure. Miranda Ellis. She's yeah. really, really smart and she's doing a great job at building her own career, but she's so good at everything that I'm not good at. And she helped create the slide deck, I had what I wanted to do and she made it look like I knew what I was talking about. And, um, I, it's the first time I'd ever done it. It was in one of those small breakout rooms. I didn't know how many people to expect. And it was, every chair was taken plus a few. It was, it was magic. It was really, really, really special. And, um, it went so fast and I got great help from John Malone and Patrick Kirchner because my computer is so old. It wouldn't take the, the, the HDMI cable. Right. So, so John, John says, Oh, I have my computer. I said, Oh dude, would you? So I just, in, I just talked to the people. I did like a little stand up walking around asking people questions about what they're learning. 
And five minutes later, everything's up and running because John went and got his computer and hooked it up for me for my session. And Pat was the one there making sure all the stuff worked. It's like, how do you how do you get that shit done without ever even asking somebody? Right. And that's what happened. And it worked. It was just beautiful. It was really, really great. Thanks for asking me about that. So let's let's wrap up by talking about, um, you know, let's let's imagine that somebody out there listening right now is where you were five or six years ago. And they're maybe, you know, moving from one career into this, looking to get started in this business. What's the best advice you can give them to to find the road that you found and uh, and make it work for them? Um, I would first ask them why they want to do this, because um, there's way too many people out there promising the world to people uh, that that are looking for anything. And so they land on something that you don't need to spend fifty thousand dollars on to start a business. Um, But you you really have to have some of the core things about what voice acting is. I mean, it's acting and it's it's using your voice to make it sound like you're not reading something and being able to follow direction. But that's, that's really only a small percentage of it. So much of it is building the business and learning how to market yourself and learning how to handle all of the, the ins and outs of invoicing. And it's, it's just a huge thing. So I would, I I always ask people when we have a session is like, are you, you sure this is something you want to do and why? And when you hear some of their stories about where they are and how they got there, you can tell, you know what, this person maybe will have a chance to do it because they sort of have understood what the negatives are. Um, but for me, there's, there's, there's a many, many ways you can build a business and there's many ways to build a voiceover business, but they all have common threads and there's all connective tissue with everything. And you have to have them all on the track in the right order not necessarily completed at the same time, but you have to be chewing on all those pieces so that when you start, it's actually happening and you can do it. I, so many people, they go out and get, you know, an $800 demo or less. And because it sounds better than anything they've ever done before, it's not something they can produce on their own when they're in their mm-hmm. own studio at home. And it's, it's, it's really hard to see people struggling like that, but Um, it takes a long, that's the other thing I'd say, be prepared to not be paying your bills for, you know, maybe three years, five years, if you're lucky, if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're good, I don't How does that, does that sound with time, a a right time frame for you? Yeah. I think it's a little bit different for everybody, but it's, uh, I I think that's really, I mean, look at where you are. It's you're, you're in a place now, what, six years later where it's humming. Um, but it wasn't the case for the first couple of years. No. And I, I, I think I made in my first six months, I made $18,000 and I, which compared to most people ain't bad. That's what I found out. I didn't, I thought I sort of kept that quiet for a long time because I thought I I wasn't any good. Um, But then things happen and you, you know, you always gave me great advice and it, it grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's, you know, year over year and, now it's August and I've done what I did last year already. Right. Or I mean, it's, it's October and I've done what I did last year already. And it's, it's not going to keep growing at that pace. I'm going to level off and be at a, in a comfortable spot because I'm, I'm not 30, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was right there with you when you said it was August too. I'm, I'm, uh, I, it's, it's, that's how commanding your voice is, you know, it's like, yeah, well, if, you. <laughs> the fact that it was sunny and 80 something today, made oh, me think August. Today, so. <laughs> Folks. 
Brad Highland, um, a good friend and uh, one of the great guys in the business. And, and as I said before, one of the real uh, hot talents in the industry right now. Thanks so much for being here, man. I can't tell you what it means to me to be able to talk to you like this. And I just want to thank you. I know you didn't want this to be a sales thing. I'm not going to turn it into that. But I want to thank you for all the great stuff that you you've never pointed me wrong. And everything you've ever told me, if I did it, came true. So I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's been a pleasure watching you grow. Folks, that's the show. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week with more. And uh, you guys know what time it is. Here is Kayla. You have been listening to This Week in VO with J. Michael Collins. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues on social media. If you do, JMC might just send you a lobster. Now here's nobody trying to sell you anything, because that's just how we roll. Stay tuned for a new podcast most weeks throughout the year 